Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is I, David Gable, blog runner for the Geek Galaxy blog. Uh, and this is the very first episode of the Geek Galaxy video game show where I am actually recording myself. So if you don't want to take the time to uh, just download this podcast on whatever service you're using, hey, totally get it. I'm making, I'm breaking ground. I'm breaking barriers. I've got the video going right now. I am looking at you right now, but also looking at myself to make sure I don't look like a total, um, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say something offensive. You know, I just won't say it at all then. Um, but anyway, if you didn't know, uh, yes, my name is David Gable. I am the blog runner for the Geek Galaxy podcast, the Geek Galaxy blog, and the Geek Galaxy video game show. This is a show where I kind of run through the biggest news in the video game world for each week, um, basically for every console, for Xbox, for PlayStation, for Nintendo, and um, I just kind of share my thoughts about some of those uh, bigger announcements. Um, as you can see, I am dressed very casually because the only free time that I have nowadays to be able to do this podcast is at midnight on a Sunday morning. So that's too bad, but it's the nature of being a senior, um, I guess, with no friends. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just take every day um, just a little bit slower than the last because if I don't, then I might just hit myself with a truck. I don't know where that was going, um, but words came out, and um, I guess it's because I'm nervous because of the video for one th- for the first time, but um, hey, it's okay. Uh, as, as, anyway, as I was saying, um, this, is a, this is traditionally supposed to be a weekly show. Every, sa- every Saturday, I'm supposed to record and have it up by Sunday uh, for at least um, people who follow me around the world to be able to listen to or be able to watch now, um, so it's kind of cool. Um, anyway, uh, I guess we should just dive right into the topics then, yeah? Yeah, all right. Well, um, this was a pretty big week for Xbox, which is actually where we're going to start off. So, I mean, the biggest thing that caught my eye was the full list of backwards compatible games was released this week. And in fact, all those backwards compatible games were officially, um, sent through. So the go-aheads happened, um... On this list, if you're an Xbox One person and you happen to own any of these Xbox 360 games or Xbox One get ex- original Xbox games, um, then you now have the opportunity to get it. I'm going to run through the list real quick. Let's see how this goes. Um, <clears throat> I haven't practiced, by the way. You know what? Actually, let me drink from my incredibly cheap plastic cup first. Ah, that's good. Oh, I love that. Oh, refreshing water. Refreshing. Um, okay. So I'm going to run through this list right now. Oh, spec on the computer screen. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that? Spec on the computer screen. I'm going to run through this list real quick. Um, let's see how I can do it without slipping up. <clears throat> All right, you ready? Here we go. It's about 100 games. So here we go. A Kingdom for Keflings. A World of Keflings. Alien Hominid HD. Assassin's Creed 2. Asteroids and Deluxe. Banjo-Kazooie. Nuts and Bolts. Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Tooie. Battle Block Theater. Bejeweled 2. Bellator. MMA Onslaught. Beyond Good and Evil HD. Blood of the Werewolf, Blood Rain Betrayal, Borderlands, Call of Juarez Gunslinger, Castle Crashers, Castle Storm, Centipede and Millipede, Condemned, Criminal Origins, Crazy Taxi, Deadliest Warrior Legends, Defense Grid, The Awakening, 
Dirt 3, Dirt Showdown, Discs of Tron, Doom, Doom 2, Dungeon Siege 3, Earthworm Jim HD, Fable 2, Fallout 3, Feeding Frenzy, Feeding Frenzy 2, Shipwreck Showdown, Gears of War, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 3, Gears of War Judgment, Golden Axe, Halo Spartan Assault, Hardword Backgammon, Hardword Hearts, Hardwood Spades, Heavy Weapon, Hexic, Hexic HD, Ikaruga, Jetpack Refueled, Joyride Turbo, Just Cause 2, Cameo, Elements of Power, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, the video game, Lego Star Wars Complete Saga, Load Runner, Lumen, Lumens Live, Mass Effect, Metal Slug 3, Metal Slug XX, Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes, Mirror's Edge, Missile Command, Monday Night Combat, Monday Island 2, Sp Monkey Island 2, Special Island, uh, no I lost, uh, Monkey Island 2 Special Edition, Monkey Island Special Edition, Mr. Splosion, Miss Splosion Man, Mutant Blobs Attack, N+, NBA Jam, On Fire Edition, Knights Into Dreams, Operation Flash, Flashpoint, Dragon Rising, Pac-Man Championship Edition, Pac-Man Championship Addiction, Edition DX+, Perfect Dark Zero, we're still going ladies and gents, um, Perfect Dark, uh, Phantom Breaker Battlegrounds, Pinball FX, Plants vs. Zombies, Prince of Persia, P Putty Squad, R-Type Dimensions, Rayman 3 HD, Sacred Citadel, Sega Vintage Collection, Alex Kid Co., and the Sega Vintage Collection continues, Golden Axe, Monster World, Secrets, Streets of Rage, Shadow Complex, Sonic CD, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, South Park, The Strike of Truth, Super Meat Boy, Supreme Commander 2, Co Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas, and Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Torchlight, Toy Soldiers, Toy Soldiers Cold War, Tron Evolution, Ugly Americans, Apocalypse Again, Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise, Wolfenstein 3D, and Zuma. That wasn't too bad. But I didn't try and say it all in one breath, so that's probably why it wasn't um too bad. Anyway, um, so just a few things that I kinda like to just kind of examine. A lot of uh rare games. Um rare of course being the development comp the um developer that Microsoft bought back and I believe it was 2002. I don't know. I'm not that old of a gamer, so I sometimes it, that information slips me. But, um, for example, the Perfect Dark series, Banjo-Kazooie. Um, what else was there that piqued my eye? What else did it? Um, uh, Viva Pinata did that. Uh, so, yeah, there was a bunch of those. Um, a couple other things that pointed me out. Halo Spartan Assault. Really? The only Halo game that's backwards compatible was Spartan Assault? Like, like why? That doesn't even make any sense. Why couldn't you do... Well, I guess it makes a little sense. Now that I think about it, yeah, you had the Master Chief Collection, so if you want to get it, I mean, that's also the HD version, so I guess that's why they wouldn't spare the time. But still, um, Halo Reach isn't in that package. I think ODS, Halo 3 ODST just got ported, or was just given to those affected by like the crappiness of the Master Chief Collection way back when that launch started. So, that's a little confusing to me. Why, why, why wouldn't you launch with that franchise? You have Gears of War in there. I give you that. You have all Gears of War, all four games, um, which is pretty good. You have... And then some of these are really confusing. Like, I'm not going to... Listen, this is one of the biggest events to happen since the current gen launched. So, the fact that they have just 100 games to start off with and they're going to keep adding them, that's pretty impressive. Even PlayStation 4 isn't doing that right now. But just some of the some of the options, some of the options that they revealed are so weird. Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga, the 2007 Lego Star Wars. Really? You okay? Whatever. I mean, like, I don't. I think you can go and buy that for like five bucks on a system that'll actually like for the Wii, which will actually be cheaper in the long run. You could buy it for your Wii U. Like, I don't, I don't know. Stuff like that is weird. Lego Pets of Caribbean. Yeah, it's like of all the Lego games to choose, you choose those, and it's kind of. 
kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because they didn't have Xbox One. Um, uh, but yeah, that's the list. A lot more vintage games than I thought there would be. Um, I don't know. I thought I had seen these around the Xbox store. Um, so like, for example, Sonic CD and Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. I thought I had seen those around the store. I'm, that might just be me uh, misplacing my information in my memory. But a lot of vintage games, especially from Sega. Um, so I don't know. There's your list. You got 100 games, 100 more games you can add to your library, which is pretty cool considering um, Sony likes to rub it in Xbox's face pretty particularly that they basically dominate the third-party world right now. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's the list. It's kind of weird. I mean, my overall thoughts on it is uh, a lot of rare. Where's um, I was surprised that a lot of their other first-parties developers or second first-party developers aren't really there. Um, like, they don't even have the other two Mass Effect games, which I find kind of odd. I know the first one was the Xbox exclusive, but it just seems weird to me. Um... Because, I mean, I don't know, I equate this to the same thing like with Nintendo. Like, I don't know, for those of you who aren't familiar, Nintendo has this thing called the Virtual Console where they basically just put digital versions of all the, uh, of older games on there. They have Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on there. They have freaking um, uh, F-Zero, the original Star Fox. They have Mario 64. They have Mario Land, Mario 3, Mario 2. They have all these original games that you can buy for like really cheap prices along with all the new games that they keep putting out. Um... And, those, and they put out the games that have the most nostalgic value. So with these, I was expecting a little more of an Xbox-y feel. But really, just this just feels like um, my friend brought over all his games. that he Like every single game that he's ever bought ever over to my house. And we're just having a big old like weird party about it um, with all these different games. So, I mean, it's fine. It's 100 games. It's 100 more games um, that the Xbox can use that the, they can profit on. Maybe there will be some sort of bundle deals. But... Um, I don't know. I just kind of found it odd that these were... I, I don't know. I found it odd that I didn't see more um, eye-grabby games, I guess is what I want to say. So, um, yeah, there you go. There's your 100 games, Xbox guys. Um, speaking of Xbox, though, another story I found was that um, the Xbox One was uh, said to be the best-selling console in October with an 81% sales growth. Like, that is insane. That is insane, especially when you consider that the fact that the PS4 has been dominating in the sales. Like, most of the past year, I think Xbox had a bit of leeway when it came out, when Witcher 3 came out, but I, other than that, um, they've, been, they've been not doing poor, like I said in the last episode. They've not been doing poor in their sales. They've just been falling behind Sony when it came to console sales. Still ahead of Xbox 360, which is something to, something to be said about staying ahead of Xbox 360, which I think we can, most people would agree was the king of last generation. So Xbox One is doing very well, although to see it finally um, become a best-selling console for a month, especially in a month when they needed it the most, was something like Halo 5, which I did think contributed to its sales a little bit, um, to its exclusive Fallout 4 Pip-Boy bundles, um, which was just... Actually, you know what? Never mind. That was, that was November. Scratch that. Scratch that. Um, but yeah, um, great to hear Xbox is finally um, kicking into gear. Pro obviously, Sony won't be worried because they've got muchos money to be able to um, just suffer one month loss. Um, but good for it was. It, I'm I'm glad to see that Xbox is uh, doing so well because um, I'm. A, I'll be honest. I'm a bit of an Xbox fanboy, so I like to see the Xbox do well. Um, so yeah, 
All right, uh, that's about it for the Xbox news. We're going to move on to PlayStation a little bit. PlayStation was understandably kind of light this week. Last week we had um, Paris Games Week, so they got all the news out there in the open then. Um, and I guess I shouldn't say it's light in terms of news in general. It's light in terms of relevant news, or news that really captured my attention. A lot of it was, I think, um, simply business news business news that you would have heard before, but um, something that did catch my eye was um, some news about um, Uncharted 4, uh, and specifically the DLC, which is going to be story-based. So basically, what I'm hearing, it, uh, what Naughty Dog is saying is that they have no idea what they're doing for Uncharted 4 DLC, just that they're doing it. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I haven't been following Uncharted 4 all that much. I've been paying attention to the trailers. The game looks freaking amazing. If you haven't seen those trailers yet, okay, listen, if you haven't seen those trailers yet, do yourself a favor. You, yeah, you. Go online. Go on YouTube. Go on IGN. Go on GameSpot. Go on GT. Go on whatever the hell you need to go to. Go on Kotaku or whatever. Go look up those Uncharted 4 demos from E3, from E3 specifically. Maybe from Paris Games Week. I didn't watch one from Paris Games Week. I was sold already. I don't want to be spoiled anymore. But go look up those videos because they are gorgeous. And they're nothing like you've ever seen before. Like, tomb, like, uh, go go look up those videos is my point. All right? You're going to enjoy it. You're going to have a good time with it. I had all my friends sit down, and we watched those E3 shows. I was like, you all have to sit down for this. And they were all like, oh, my God. I got to go buy a PS4. Oh, my God. Uncharted looks amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. Go look up those videos. Because it's going to be amazing. And you're going to go buy a PS4. Which I think is actually a pretty good console. I'm not going to buy it specifically right now. But I have fun every time I play on it. Go watch the trailer. Yes, you. You, yes, you. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's at least encouraging to hear that in, in this statement was also released that they are done with the story. Okay, so this DLC, this mocap that they're doing, it is for the DLC. It is not to, do, not to finish up the story or anything like that, which some people were worried about. So what I'm kind of gathering from this is it's not so much as it's like, we're going to cut the story short in order to be able to sell more as DLC, but it's more the continuation of these characters. A lot of people theorize it's going to be about uh, mainly Nathan Drake's brother, um, Sam, I believe is his name. Let me still check that. But it is Sam, I think. Yes, it is Sam. Okay. No, it's not Sam. Don't call me. Don't hold me to that. I'm not that sure. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's good to hear that some activities being made because I think um, Naughty Dog is a studio that really does know how to do story. Um, so if they're going to give me, if they're going to give more story DLC for a series like Uncharted, that, pff, take my money, you know what I mean? All right, <clears throat> uh, so again, uh, pretty light on PlayStation news this week, so that's why we're going to move on to Nintendo. Now, Nintendo had a pretty big week this week, mainly because, uh, this was the return of Nintendo Direct after, um, the unfortunate passing of former Nintendo... CEO? Yeah, he was CEO. Former Nintendo CEO. Um, or was he president? I can't remember now. Oh my god, I can't remember. Um, if anybody does get to me on this, um, let me know what Satoru Iwata's um, position was. I forget if it was president or if I, get, I forget if it was a CEO of Nintendo. Um, but anyway, um, basically the head of Nintendo. Um, the, the business head of Nintendo, Satoru Iwata, after he passed away, uh, he was the guy who did all the Nintendo Directs, which is basically 
if you don't know, directs are basically um, just for, just a video segment where Nintendo kind of throws a bunch of new news at you. Um, and it's pretty entertaining. Satoru uh, Iwata-san had a uh, had a very nice charm about him, a very um, very cheeky, very um, coy nature about it when he did Nintendo. It was very goofy, and it was a lot of fun to be able to see the announcements. Um, but after he passed away, unfortunately, um, we've had this kind of hiatus of Nintendo Direct. This Direct was held by um, Nintendo of America president... Uh, Reggie fils me. Reggie fils me. Is it fils me? fils me? I think it's fils me. Reggie fils me. Um, and he did okay. He presented the information. He was very... And uh, he expressed on behalf of Nintendo thanks for all the support um, due to Satoru... Um, for Satoru Iwata and his family and for the company. So it was a very it was a very humbling moment, I think, for them, which was good to see. And um, we also got some pretty good announcements out of it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is... Uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD was announced. Now, this was... I think I talked about this last time. Um, this was some... This was some... There was some source code found on the Nintendo eShop um, with Twilight Princess HD on it. So, people were speculating it was coming out already, but as we now know, it was officially confirmed. Um, not only was it confirmed, but it was given some new functionality, such as, um, the game now is now bundled with a Wolf Link amiibo, and if you got, if you don't know, it was a big, um, gimmick of Twilight Princess, excuse me, was the fact that Link was able to transform into a wolf and have this sort of spirit named Minna ride with him. So basically, that's what the amiibo looks like. It looks like Wolf Link with Minna riding him, and they travel through, uh, the, the Hyrule and everything. Was it Hyrule? Oh, jeez, remember anymore <laughs> um but from what i saw from twilight princess it definitely looks better than the gamecube or the wii version it looks a little smoother um uh it definitely does still look wii era though it's i don't think i don't think twilight princess is going to have the necessarily the same successful hd transition that wind waker did um mainly because wind waker stylistically lent itself a little bit more to just um a freshening of visuals Whereas I'm seeing from uh, from Twilight Princess, it it uses some cleaning up, but it's definitely going to look Wii era, GameCube era. But we'll see, we'll see. I had fun with Twilight Princess. I mean, and as we all know, Nintendo it's it's about fun first. Not it's not graphics first. It's fun first. So if they can, if it still remains fun, and they maybe pack in a few new stuff that they're teasing us with a little bit, especially with the amiibo functionality, um, maybe it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, another batch of news was um, Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII is going to be a Smash Bros. character. Now, this was this was surprising to me. Um, primarily, especially because Final Fantasy VII was not a Nintendo game. That was a PlayStation game. So, it's I can understand the history between Final Fantasy and Nintendo. I'm surprised they chose Cloud, though. I'm wondering if that's just due to the fact that Cloud is the most recognizable Final Fantasy character. Um, which could be up for argument considering Lightning had a lot of popularity in these later games. But um, if Final Fantasy just wanted some representation in Smash Bros, Cloud's the guy to go. He's got a nice big broadsword. Um, and somebody, if again, if you're watching this and you have any interest in interacting with me, um, clarify me on this. Um, in the Smash Bros trailer, I think that was the Cloud design that was used in Kingdom Hearts 2. Which I also found interesting, because that, that, that lends me to believe that somebody like Sora is coming to the game pretty soon. Which would make sense, because there's been a few um, Kingdom Hearts games on uh, the handheld systems of Nintendo, pr- primarily uh, 
three five eight days over two on DS, and then Dream Drop Distance on three DS. So I think that could happen, which would be another interesting. But it's another melee character. Um, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, Cloud looks like a pretty tough character. Um, and when I say tough, I'm not saying tough to be able to manipulate. Tough isn't like he's just he throws down, man. He's got some tough punches. He's, I, I have a feeling he's going to interact a lot like Ganondorf in the fact that he's kind of slow, but he's like really strong. But we'll see. Um, he looks. He does look cool though. All right, so um, next is Star Fox Zero was set a date. Now, the date was, I believe, just a month date, April 2016. Um, so, yeah, Star Fox. It was a bit of a bummer that it didn't come out for the holiday because that essentially means Nintendo has nothing to really give people for the Wii U over the holiday, unless they want to get something digital. Um, which is kind of a bummer, because Nintendo, I think, really needed something. Well, they needed something to keep them going. To, because I don't think this is going to... Because this is summer, they're definitely not going to push any consoles. And I know that they don't want to do that, because of all the rumors with the NX coming out, but I don't know. I just It just kind of seems like maybe you shouldn't abandon your current console just so blatantly yet. I know they're not doing that intentionally, but the fact that you're not having anything other than Mario Tennis Ultra Smash coming out for your winter lineup is it's that's a pretty pure indication that you're just you're done so. I got that from Parks and Rec if you know that. You demand. Um so yeah, uh looking good, looking good. In fact, I'll come back to Star Fox Zero later after the break um for a very interesting reason. Um Okay, uh, so another thing is we saw a little bit more new footage of Zelda Wii U. It really wasn't that much. It was Link sitting with a shroud over his head on his horse looking, looking out at the gorgeous valley. Um, better, and, they st- and Nintendo wanted to reassure fans that it is still coming out in 2016 on the Wii U. Um, good to hear that they're staying committed to this. They're definitely not lying to us, I don't think. Um, the issue is just becoming whether or not this is another Twilight Princess scenario, interestingly, where this Zelda game is also going to be on the Wii or on the NX to help push early sales, um, which I think would actually be pretty poor. A pr- pretty poor choice because um, I was listening to, uh, what was I listening to? Kind of Funny Games Cast. I don't know if you guys know them, but um, the guy, one of the guys there, Colin Moriarty, who I respect. Highly. I don't agree with everything he says, but I respect him pretty highly for voicing his opinions just so courageously. Or, not courageously, just so um, proudly. Because it's something you don't see often. But anyway, um, he his opinion was that this, needs, this should be a Wii U exclusive because it needs to, something needs to legitimize the purchases of Wii U's. And something needs to just reward those Wii U owners that Nintendo has, because they don't, they don't have a lot. Something needs to reward them for sticking around for so long, uh, which I can respect. I can respect that opinion, and I, I kind of think I agree with it. Um, if you were to just give it to the NX, then you're basically throwing away your entire Wii U audience, and that and that, that does resonate, especially considering the Wii U audience is pretty much the hardcore Nintendo audience right now. Mm, so, yeah. And then the final thing is uh, Splatoon got some new stages and new gear. Again, um, this is great to see because Splatoon is a good game. Um, at launch, it was a little weak, but all this new stuff that they keep adding, it's just great to keep seeing and it's great to keep going back to. Um, actually, 
I've noticed around the internet that a lot of reviewers, a lot of big, big um, companies and uh, big news outlets, uh, video game news outlets, have re-reviewed their games and re-reviewed their Splatoon reviews. And Splatoon has gotten some pretty significant bumps uh, because of it, because of all these new updates. Um, so that's been good to see. It's good to see Splatoon get all the love that it does and all the love that it really deserves. I don't know why I went British there. It's just a thing that I do. Okay, well, um, I guess we got to go for the break since that is the end of the news segment. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you will please stick around, I will get back to you very shortly as we will discuss my anticipated upcoming game as well as my Blast from the Past game. So if you will do me the courtesy of sticking around as I stop the recording button for this session and I will get right back to you. How does that sound? That sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, yeah, okay, so stick around. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, freaks and geeks, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. I am on a bit of an energy high because I just had a cookie. Um, it was an Oreo, actually, a golden Oreo. Um, so moving on. So for those of you who aren't familiar, after the break, I talk about an anticipated upcoming game that I have, and I'm going to kind of give you a reason of why I like it. Maybe you'll get interested in it too. And then I have someone to play online with and have friends for once in my life. Um, <laughs> all jokes aside though, I could use some online friends. Anyway, um, so I'll talk about that. And then I talk about a blast from the past game, a game that just sort of popped into my mind um, for one reason or another, maybe I had a good time with it, maybe I had a bad time with it, and I was just having some PTSD over it or something like that, um, but that's basically what that is. So without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Um, so, okay, so, for my anticipating upcoming game, like I said, we were coming back to it, it is actually Star Fox Zero. Now, a lot of people, I've been hearing a lot of negative things about Star Fox Zero, and hey, hey, to be fair, to be fair, you're right to be negative. Your bread be negative because Star Fox has not been done properly since really 1990. I want to say 96. Is it 96? I'm gonna say 96. I'm gonna stick with 96. You can correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. Please, I welcome it. Just correct all over my body or whatever. But I think it was 1996, and I'm gonna stick with that. So, uh, so Star Fox has not really been done properly traditionally since 1996. Star Fox Zero is the first game in a while to really be able to bring that back um, and throw in a few new functions in there. Um, so basically, why am I excited for it? Well, for one thing, it introduces a whole new generation to Star Fox as it truly is, um, which is going to be pretty good because for an on-the-rail shooter, um, Star Fox is as good as they come, I think. Um, some people might consider that formula a bit flawed, but actually I think it's proven to be a pretty fun formula, especially with the innovations that they're doing right now in terms of the different vehicles that you're going to be able to use, um, different modes that you'll be able to use for the walkers. And when I say this, I mean particularly the little chicken walkers, little chicken walker. Okay, so basically, for those who don't know, their ships are called the R-Wings. Uh, the R-Wings kind of for those of you watching the video, you get to watch me kind of describe how the R-Wings look. The R-Wings look like this. That's the best I can do right now. But anyway, um, there's this function that's going to happen where you can basically turn into a walker like 
from Star Wars than an ATST walker. It, imagine switching from like an X-wing to an ATST walker. Those walkers on Endor. Um, that's basically what that function is. Um, I think it could provide something new, uh, something a little more innovative for Nintendo in terms of their Star Fox property, um, which could be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Also, the uh, the mechanics of the shooting where basically uh, the you use the gamepad as the cockpit as your motion cockpit, like something from Avatar. It kind of works like on that same premise as that suit from Avatar, um, which could be pretty cool. Um, I haven't played any demos of it yet, so I can't say that definitively, but it's all looking appealing to me. Uh, speaking of looking appealing, the graphics are looking significantly better than they did from the initial reveal. Like, there was a trailer introducing all the characters and all the Star Fox team members in the, in the Nintendo Direct, and um, these graphics are looking significantly better. They still look, I'll be honest, they still look a little archaic, um in terms of overall quality, but character models and ship models and even the particle effects, they're looking not bad. They're, they're looking pretty good right now. And I, I can only assume they pushed it back because they, need, because they heard this backlash of like, this game is looking really bad, you guys. What are you doing with Star Fox? Um, so I can only assume they pushed it back to fix those problems. And if they did, bravo, my friends. You've made it look better. Um... So yeah, as I said before, the game is a proven formula. It's able, it's it's a fun time to just be able to go through and blast everything inside. It's um, it's 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 pretty fun. Um, the characters are quirky and enjoyable, um, and that's one of the other things that I think Star Fox Zero will benefit from. It'll make Star Fox relevant again, because as of now, people have only been only really know kids my age would only know Fox from Smash Brothers. They'd only know Falco from Smash Brothers. They only know Wolf from Smash Brothers. They haven't really been introduced to these characters in the traditional sense ever since gosh, I don't know, the biggest game was the rare game Star Fox Adventures, which was terrible. It was a bad game. I've played that game. That's a bad game. I don't like that game. That's a bad game. So to tr to reintroduce kids of the older generation those who had the Star Fox Adventure didn't like it. And the kids of the newer generation, those little seven or eight-year-olds with the, you know, the Wii U's for the first time. You give them that Star Fox, they're going to enjoy it. They're going to have a fun time with it. I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. And, and, and like I said again, it makes Star Fox relevant outside of his Smash Brothers fame. Or his Smash Brothers notoriety, depending on your point of view. Um, so, yeah, definitely, um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, listen, I'm, I'm excited to see Star Fox Zero do well, because I want it to do well, because I, I like to see Nintendo do well, you know, I think all of us at one point or another had, had a Nintendo console, and you kind of grew up with some of those characters, you grew up with Mario, Zelda, Samus, Yoshi, all those guys, so I think all of us deep down want to see Nintendo do well, we might not say it, and there are some people who definitely don't want Nintendo to do well for one reason or another, even though they are the most innovative company in the world, and without Nintendo, most of their crappy games would not exist right now. But um, for one reason or another, they don't want to see I personally like to see Nintendo succeed. I like to see the tradition carry forth, carry forth through. That wasn't the right sentence, but it's the sentence I used. So yeah, I want to see Nintendo do well. Okay. Uh, moving on, the Blast from the Past game that I have this week is Assassin's Creed 2. Now, as I mentioned before, Assassin's Creed 2 was one of the games, one of the 
last gen games on the current gen consoles, the uh, backwards compatible games for the Xbox One, which I was which I was thrilled to see. Okay, so why is Assassin's Creed 2 so great in my opinion? Well, I can start off by saying it is a remarkable improvement over the first, from motion to combat to story um, to characters. Um, Assassin's Creed 2 basically took the formula that the first Assassin's Creed used and just ran with it. They ran with it. They made something completely new, and they made it incredibly enjoyable. They're the main character, Ezio Auditore de Firenze. He was charismatic, and he was funny, and he was witty, and he was tough, and he was badass. And that was a character that really birthed the franchise. It, and he was the linchpin to the to engrossing us in the story. Because honestly, when it comes to Assassin's Creed... Um, their past live story isn't always the most engrossing part of the game. Um, although Ezio made it. Ezio and all of his flamboyant relatives and his assassin brothers, and it was, they brought it to a, they brought it to a whole new level, especially when you compare it to AC1. Um, they made it enjoyable. They made it fun. Um, Italy was an awesome place to run around it. Oh my God. All right, so guys, a little bit of background. Um, I've lived in Europe uh, two tours now this time, so I've been to Italy a few times, um, and I can tell you, these games freaking nailed it. They nailed it with the crowded spaces. They nailed it with the locations, although unlike in real life, this time I was able to climb up all these buildings and kill people whenever I wanted to, and um, yes, it's a bit exploitative, but I loved it. Um, so Italy was an awesome place to run around. I loved Florence. I loved Venice. I loved Tuscany. It was all, it was, these were all these like lovely environments to be able to interact with and all these hidden collectibles. And it re the environment really engrossed me into the game. Now, maybe it's just because I had been to Italy before. So I had a little bit more of a, uh, of a, you know, uh, connection with it. Um, but you can decide that for yourself. Um, maybe that is just my personal recollection of it, my personal experience with it, that gave me that, um, linchpin to enjoy the game a little bit more. But, um, hey, maybe you enjoyed it just as much and you've never been outside of America or been outside of, I don't know, Russia. I don't know if you're listening to me in Russia. It'd be kind of cool if you were. You could tell your friends about me. Um, but anyway... Uh, what else, what else, what else? Um, this was also the game that kind of began to develop the modern-day mythos in terms of the modern-day relationship between the Assassins and the Templars and actually really developed Desmond Miles' character as a whole, um, which was great to see because it was kind of... While it was definitely cool in the first game, it was very um, underdeveloped. It was very weak in that it didn't give you much to do or much to go on. But uh, AC2 uh, gave you a whole new set of characters to be able to love and interact with. Um, and it brought relevance to that main story, I think. So, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thoroughly, that modern day stuff. Mm. Especially with all the new mechanics that were introduced into the Animus 2.0, which was basically, just like the game itself, was an advancement on the original Animus that was used in the first Assassin's Creed game. So that was really fun to run around with. Um, and basically, Assassin's Creed 2 was the game to establish the franchise standard from traversal to combat to story to character. Um, Assassin's Creed 2 basically 
took the foundation that AC1 made and laid down a new one. And base and from that from that point on, all the other games have tried to live up to that standard um, of just fun and enjoyment in those past in those past lives, while at the same time having some seriousness and just some gravitas in the modern day story. And especially I think after AC4, the games have been struggling to do that a little bit. Um, and it's difficult to do because they have Ubisoft has a bunch of different studios working on Assassin's Creed. That's why you get them out every year. But um, I, th- I think if maybe the game stopped trying to focus on the every single detail. Now I'm not I'm not knocking. Listen, Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, gorgeous games, detail in every corner. But I think some of the development time is unfortunately going to that detail and being taken away from the story, from character. Um, now, AC Syndicate, while I'm on the subject, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the newest game, I'm hearing it's bringing some of that back. I haven't played it yet, but I'm hearing it bring some of that humor and that vibrance back from both Black Flag in particular and Assassin's Creed 2. But it's just falling short a little bit in the story department. Um, so they're getting there. This improvement can be nothing but good. I love Assassin's Creed. I'll play every game that I can if I have the chance. Um, I, do, I, I don't like to just shoo it off as another generic, you know, yearly installment game because it's not. I think it's. I think Assassin's Creed is something special, and given the proper care, it can remain something special throughout. Um, that's just up to the development team to do, though. And I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for the development team. Ubisoft. I got your back on the Assassin's Creed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, freaks and geeks, that is it for the Geek Galaxy Video Game Show, Episode 3. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and just listen to me kind of talk about what I like about video games, what I'm not liking about video games nowadays right now. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, thank you so much for checking into the first video version of the episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, um, hate to share, you may, of course, share it down in the comment section below. Um, I love to, I'd love to see the feedback because I'm still pretty new at this. Um, and if you have anything that you could share with me, um, and maybe, maybe some tips on how to improve, that'd be great to hear. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else? Uh, hey, I am not only on YouTube, I'm not only on SoundCloud, I am on Twitter and Instagram at DaveGable64. You can find the Geek Galaxy Facebook page at facebook.com slash thegeekgalaxyblog. You can go and like that page for me, it keeps you up to date with all, all the posts that I do on the actual blog, which is actually, you ready for this, The Geek Galaxy dot blogspot dot com that's all one url the geek galaxy one word dot blogspot dot com all one url so yeah go check it out i'm uh, gonna put up my review of the new james bond movie specter pretty soon which hey specter is an amazing movie i think it's the best james bond movie to date you should go check it out it's pretty good it's pretty freaking awesome and then actually i also have an op-ed coming up pretty soon about assassin's creed and how I think um, one of the unfortunate failures of the franchise thus far has been that it's 
been afraid to get diverse a little bit. And I'll go into that a little bit later in the op-ed if you guys want to see it. Um, but yeah, um, so I think that's it. I don't think I've missed anything. Of course, subscribe to this channel. Um, more subscriptions means more ability to be for me to be able to uh, make better quality videos, uh, add some more videos to the channel, do some different shows, um, you know, time permitting. I'm, I'm a senior in high school, so you got to bear with me. I've got kind of got stuff I got to do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sticking around and I hope you guys enjoy it and I hope maybe, uh, you'll return. That'd be nice. Again, every Saturday I'm doing the, vi doing the video. Hope to have it up by Sunday. Give you something nice to enjoy on that lazy Sunday. And, um, yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for stopping by again and, uh, hope to see you next week. Live long and prosper. Thank you.